The Southern Cowboy Podcast is brought to you by Panther Creek Ranch, where we play, learn, and grow. Panther Creek Ranch encompasses nearly 4,000 acres in North Mississippi and boasts a multidisciplinary equestrian stables, summer camp, working cattle operation, a diverse farm education program, and a new equine therapy center. Just 30 minutes from metropolitan Memphis, Panther Creek is your respite to return to your love for horses, the outdoors, and the land. Come see us and experience a taste of big sky country right here in the Mid-South. Email info at panthercreekstables.com or call 662-912-5440 today. Welcome to the Southern Cowboy Podcast. I'm J.B. Farrell. Having been involved in the horse and cowboy world most of my life, I've been fortunate to meet some really cool people with some great stories to tell. And now I want to bring those stories to you. I started this podcast wanting to tell the stories of the cowboys and cowgirls having an impact on the Western world right here in the South. While the majority of the cowboy world is focused out West, I wanted to shine a spotlight on our neck of the woods. So pour a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's get into it. Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the Southern Cowboy Podcast. We've got another great guest joining us today. It's my good friend Woody Key. Woody is the pastor at Bryant Lane Cowboy Church down in Como, Mississippi. I've known Woody for a number of years now, but he's one of those guys you meet and you feel like you've known him your whole life. Woody is a great cowboy, a wonderful pastor, a man that is truly hungry for the Lord, and the kind of guy we need a lot more of in today's world. I'm excited to have him on the show. Woody, it's great to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. So one of the first things I want to talk about is a question I know I get asked quite a bit, so I know you get this question a bunch, but what is a cowboy church? The Cowboy Church was started to reach the unchurched, um, and we're, we're, our, our main focus is to worship Christ, just like any church, God-fearing church should be. For sure. And uh, But the goal was to get out and reach a target group that other churches can't reach, and, and I can talk about that in a little bit when we get into our bullseye approach, which the bullseye in the beginning of the cowboy church was to reach the working cowboy that maybe couldn't come to church, couldn't uh, be reached through a traditional church because of maybe judgmental things through the years or whatever, and, they, and people don't want to go into that traditional church setting for some one reason or another. So the Cowboy Church started to reach those people, and when you look at the bullseye approach, it's like a big target, and we we reach for the unchurched, but we hit so many other targets doing that, and so that's the that's the beauty of the Cowboy Church. It, bring, it just adds a different flavor to worshiping the Lord. For sure, for sure. Well, we're definitely going to talk more about the church, but let's let's talk a little bit about you and who is you know Woody Key outside of the church. Well, um, I'm in the welding business. I uh, I've been in business in the welding business twenty years plus, maybe, um, and I saw a real need because I was a I moved to North Mississippi to be the assistant cowman on a ranch uh, west of Como there. And I saw such a need in the area for livestock-oriented welding buildings. And uh, so that's kind of after being at the the ranch and then the feed mill, 
I kind of took up the welding side of my knowledge and, and built a business on it. And so that's that's what I do. We still run some kettle. Uh, we have corrientes and have some beef kettle on the, on our ranch. And and so uh, it's that's what what he does. He preaches and cowboys and whales. So doesn't, you know, get, doesn't get much have better. A, have a family <laughs> of four children and and my lovely wife and and we just all live right there on the little little ranch together there west of Como. That's, that's fantastic. You said you moved up here. Where were you originally from? I'm originally from Clinton, Mississippi. Okay. Uh, and grew up in the city. Uh, the farm ranch we live on is family from the 30s. So we we had that background, but because of my mom and dad's work, uh, you know, many, many years ago, they moved to Jackson, Mississippi, and then but I was mostly raised in Clinton, Mississippi. Okay. Graduated from there. Okay. So. Fantastic. So let's talk about Bryant Lane Church specifically and how Bryant Lane Cowboy Church was started and how you got involved with it. Well, the uh, – and, and I tell you, I'm going to back up just a little bit. I was at a horse sale in Clovis, New Mexico, and I ran across a an auctioneer – that was a cowboy church preacher also, and I got one of the CDs, and I listened to it all the way home. That's about a thousand miles home, and I listened to that CD over and over. and And uh, his name is Steve Friskup. You might okay. know him, and um, but he, uh, I just really saw a need because at that time we were roping a lot, and there was a lot of people coming to my arena, and and uh, I just saw the need for something like that. But I wasn't a preacher. I really, I wasn't even really living for the Lord. You know, I'd take my family to church every once in a while. But the uh, uh, a guy made a phone call one day, or I made a phone call about a business call about a building, and the guy just shared with me a a side entity they were doing out of their church, and they were trying to do some trail rides and some horse events and stuff. And because I had a covered arena and a and a roping arena. I offered those, and because of our land, we we could do some small trail rides, and that's that's kind of how we got started. And, and I told him in the very beginning, I said, I'll help any way I can with the horses and the kettle and the you know all of that, but don't ask me to preach, don't ask me to sing. It ain't my deal. And the Lord, the uh, Lord laughed I, and laughed and laughed at that. I, I hadn't <laughs> heard you sing much yet, but I the, the preaching he sure took hold of. <laughs> Mm. Uh, so the name Bright Lane, where where did the name Bright Lane come from? Well, because of the arenas that I had, um, we decided to use those as kind of our focal point to start the church because it gave us, even though the covered arena didn't have sides on it, it gave us somewhere to meet. And and we when we in the early days when we started, everybody went to different churches, and we had small events on a Thursday night and did a devotion. And and that's kind of how a lot of cowboy churches started in the past, in the early days of the cowboy churches, just in an arena and a devotion. And um, So I told them, I said, this is, I've got the arenas. Take it, use it any way you want to. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll help do that. So that's kind of how we started on my property using my arenas. Well, 
our road that comes down through our property is Bryant Lane. And that, that's named after my grandfather, uh, Bryant Burford. And uh, he uh, he's the one that moved off of family land because there were so many kids. And he went and he he bought his own place. And, and you know, it took many years. And, and that was back in the 30s, you know. So right. uh, we just felt it fitting that, that we named that road. Well, when we put the Cowboy Church and, and we built the first building, we just had a little piece of property by the roping pen. So that's where we built. So that's everybody voted and uh and one night when i wasn't even there at the meeting they voted and that became the name in honor of my grandfather really. that's awesome so uh anyway it is pretty cool uh you know so so y'all y'all got the the first building up how many members would you say y'all started with when you when you first you know i'm gonna say when we start when we decided we needed a building we probably had 15 members, 15 to 20 members maybe. And we were probably running 35 to 40 people because there was a lot of people that that had not joined the church because we really didn't have a building to meet in. And they would they had other church homes, but they were coming more and more to ours. And, and so I would say when we started, we we were probably about 20 members maybe. Um, wow. and and that's you know families um so uh, well then it, it certainly started growing and growing and continued to grow to the point where that building was no longer able to exactly to service the growth that's right we uh we went through a uh at, at that time i still was not the pastor um i was an elder in the church when we built that building um and as a lot of times the, the through different things in, in churches and, and leadership, um, the devil got in the way and, and you've, you've seen it. That's why you see so many churches in the South. There was a difference of opinion or, or whatever. So <clears throat> the church split and, uh, and at that time, um, it had grown to about, I'm going to say we were running about 60 on a Sunday, and and we had dwindled back a good bit, and, and there was a lot of issues going on, and and uh, not any one person's deal. And, uh, you know, but sometimes the Lord takes you back and humbles everyone and gets their, their vision on Christ again instead of growing a building or a church, um, and, and especially when the church is not headed in the direction he wants. And I believe that's what happened at the time, and I don't want to get off of your question, right. but we we began to, um, our, our pastor stepped down, and, and, and uh, I was asked to step in the pulpit as, as one of the elders just to get us by for a while. And uh, that's when the Lord began to call me to, to preach, and... Uh, I realized I had a more of a purpose than being a cowboy and a uh, and a welder, and the church began to grow, and and then uh, he for sure told me to this was my job, and uh, so as the church grew, we went from I think the first Sunday I stepped in the pulpit I think it was forty five people, and 
it quickly grew to about 80. Um, not because of me, but just because, you know, in, like, in, in the world we live in, JB, a lot of people were being nosy, to be right. honest. Right. And they came because they wanted to see if we were going to fail or what was going on or why in the world is Woody Key in a pulp? You know, that was a lot of them. Like, I can't believe this, you know. And uh, so, anyway, the Lord just kept using that core group that, that hung in there, you know. And uh, Well, I mean, so many times in Scripture we see guys being used that at that time were, people had to be going, wait, yeah, this guy's preaching look, to look me. At Paul, exactly, exactly. <laughs> when, he, when he was blinded for three days, don't you know that when when he came out of that house, number one, the one's house he was in, and I I I know his name and I'm just blank, but don't you know they were saying, what in the world are you letting him in your house for? Don't you know what he's done? Right. And so anyway, they do that same thing still today. I promise oh, you. Oh yeah. You know, but what we saw was was the Lord took over that church. And the people in that church, and and uh, began to grow, and I remember when we had a hundred and one, we broke that hundred mark, and uh, we had seating for a hundred and twenty. We had had to buy some more chairs, and yeah. when we got to the eighty mark, we bought some more chairs, and and so anyway, I, I remember going in and crowding the chairs in, and then we had a. a we, we got up to about 115 right before Easter one year. And, and we got to thinking, you know, so many people come on an Easter Sunday. What are we going to do? Because we don't have enough seating. So we went back to the covered arena, to my covered arena, to where we started. And we had like 160 people in there that morning. And so we were just kind of blown away. Well, half of those extras came back. And I have seen that room. We ended up crowding chairs and putting chairs on the stage for some of the leaders, band members, or whatever. And and I can remember when we got to where we were averaging 150, we had a seating for 157. And uh, one one morning, I have I have twin sons, and they came got in the truck after church, and they were like, "Daddy, we we didn't even have a seat in Sunday school." And I was like, "What do you mean?" Because I you know, I'm up here preaching. I don't know what they're doing in the room. Right. And uh, they said, we had 42 kids in that room. And I said, that room ain't big enough for 42, 42 kids. kids. So I called the Sunday school teacher and I said, did you really have 42 kids? And she said, I really had 42 kids. So we, when we saw that, we started looking. And it, you know, began to grow. We had, we did it one Sunday one of my elders quit counting at 210 in that building. And there were 30 plus men standing in the hallway out back to hear the word of God. You know, so, and I kept going to him. I said, you know, we can add on to this, but I don't think this is going to stick. Right. You know, this, we can, it, that'd be like a band aid. So we began to look for property. Um, and, and we ended up where we are today with, with a building that'll seat 450 people roughly um explain to everybody just what that property was and i mean because it's so fitting for yeah, yeah. for exactly and, and that, what the church is what's really cool about about the property we ended up on is um it is the ranch it is on the ranch that hired me to come from central mississippi up here 
And, and when I said I was assistant cowman on, on that place um, 22 years ago, um, I remember when this building was built. And it was built, uh, it was a registered ranch, um, two sections of land. And the this building was built for the registered cow sales. Um, and in the early days, during the winter one time, we had a group come in and I even called, I'd left the ranch, but I called the guy that was over and we borrowed the, the front part of this building years ago to have a, a service in one time. And at that time, we, we all stood around kind of laughingly talking and said, man, wouldn't it be cool to, to be able to have a building like that or that building for, for a church one day? Well, the Lord, the Lord turned that around and through a, a year of, uh, when I got the first phone call about the building, they were trying to sell it and way more property than we could afford or even really needed. And, um, so we just began to pray on it and I'm, uh, you know, it was, it was really JB, it was really up and down where you're like, you know, maybe this ain't the place. Maybe this ain't where the Lord wants because the doors weren't opening. And, uh, and so I met with the guy and <clears throat> he told me it was, uh, it was the big piece of property and the building or nothing. And I said, so, okay. And I left. Well, I kept thinking, all right, this ain't the place. This ain't the place. And I had a young, uh, an older gentleman, very wise, older Christian man, and I were talking one day, and he said, do you feel like that's where the Lord showed you? And I said, yeah, I feel like he showed it to me before as a preacher. Yeah. And uh, I believe that's why I was an assistant cowman. I don't think it's because I was a great cowman. I think it was because he was he preparing was me for what was to come. Stepping stones right. of. And he said, uh, Mr. Craig said, well, claim it. Claim it in the Lord's name and watch him work. And I went home that night and that's what I did. And it took it still took a while, but you know, in scripture he tells you be patient and know that I am God. Our timetable you know, and his timetable are it, two totally different way things. Way different. And so anyway, it all of a sudden we we were able to get a loan so we could actually talk money, you know, because uh, we didn't have that kind of money in our account. So you know, but we all, as leaders of the church, and the Lord kept showing me, it's time for Bryant Lane Cowboy Church to stand on its own. It's time to come off of key property. Even though I was the pastor, it's time to move off of that property. And that's what I told our, our guys uh, one night. I said, take me out of the, as Woody Key, take the name out and just listen to me as the pastor and what God's showing me. It's time for Bryant Lane to stand on its own. And when we did that, the ball began to roll and the property became ours. The guy um, agreed to, to the building and 25 acres, which was just totally out of his, he wouldn't even talk about that in the beginning. And, and I told my, my elders, I said, guys, it, we don't need to be talking. We don't need to be praying, is this the building anymore? God showed us this building. We need to be praying for him that the Lord gets on him and gets his heart right to let 25 acres in the building go. Yeah. And so that's what happened. Um, and we watched the Lord do his work like that. And we met and easiest deal I've ever done on a piece of property. <laughs> you know, we told him what we could do and, and what we could pay. And he said, sound like a great deal to me. He shook my hand and got in the truck and left. So get the deal done. And so <laughs> it went from there. Well, then COVID hit and we started construction before and then COVID hit and 
you know, a lot of people got frustrated, myself included, but I kept what the Lord kept showing me is you not you got the property, but don't lose focus of the goal. Yeah. And so we were so excited to have all this, you know, and, and we've got big plans, you know, big visions we're seeing. And uh, throughout COVID, we had to back off construction. Um, and we did some major construction on the building. Um, but the building was such a blessing that it already had classrooms set up. Right. Um, we've got we've got a lot of friends in Cowboy Churches all over the country, and they're building, they're having to build a building, and then they're having to go in. Well, ours just kind of came. All we had to do was knock the back wall out and add on. The structure of the classrooms was already there. Everything we really needed to get started was in the already set up. You know, so it, it was just a blessing and and when we were looking at buying property and building a building similar to this, the Lord blessed us with this one for about a third of what just the building would cost. So, you know, when you start looking at those things, it's, uh, yeah, this is where we're supposed to be type deal, you know. So that's how we ended up with a building and 25 acres. Talk, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, with all the construction and stuff you did in the building, when you walk in that church, you know, people that ain't ever been in a cowboy church, this, this some of the stuff they're going to see when they walk in there. I mean, you got cow hides on the wall. Yep. You got a stock tank for your baptism. Uh, I mean, it's it's a different feel for sure. Exactly. The We want the goal with, with everything we do goes back to reaching that working cowboy, that non-believer. Um, our music's even different. You've been, and, right. and you know our music is different. We're gonna—they're gonna change a few words in a country song that that's changed a little bit. And you might hear a little, uh, you know, Leonard Skinner every once in a while. You might hear this and that, but it's—it's it's gonna be a song that's geared toward serving the Lord, worshiping the Lord, and and it's not—it's not like praise and worship music. It's not. Every once in a while, we'll throw an old gospel in the. The girls the other day, they, they did do a praise and worship song. And so we're going to mix that up um, to go along with the vision they see when they come in. Wood walls, uh, old rustic looking hallway, uh, old barn tin. Uh, you know, we're, we're still, right now, we're still decorating. We're still adding on. Um, and, you know, it's I'm going to say eventually we'll have some cow skulls hanging up in there. You know, I've got some. And... Uh, that we're gonna put up, um, but what we want you to feel like when you when you walk in there is that you're at a very comfortable place. There's no tension. There's no um, judgmental type, you know. And and I and I tell you this little deal, and this is how it goes: a uh, a black lady that lives down the road from me has known my family many, many, many years. Um, Matter of fact, my grandfather and her mother were f friends, you know. And so my granddaddy's been gone and died at 91. So long time we've been knowing these folks. And uh, she kept telling me she was, gonna, she was going to come hear me preach. And she finally did. And this was in our old building, which we still had wagon wheel, lights in the hallway of it too. And, right. and uh, um but one thing she told her family when she left, 
was they're not worried about the $10,000 chandelier in the foyer. They just want to serve Christ. And that's what we want you to do when you come through the door. You feel comfortable. Hey, I feel like I'm back at the sail barn. That's it. You know, that's it. And when and I, I think in, I remember the sail barn, you know. And that's so. what so many people, there is that sense of comfort, especially those cowboys that are coming in there. You bet. He come, come as you are, whether you're, you know, whether you're coming where you had to, you know, get out there and pull a calf that morning and exactly. you come, come as is as soon as you got done or whether you just put on a, Crisp pair of starch jeans and... Well, you know, that's one thing we tell everybody. Come as you are, just leave changed. That's perfect. You know, and that's that's one of the Cowboy Church mottos, you know. And I don't know if we got time or not, but can I tell you a funny story about Absol- Cowboy and coming to church? Absolutely. Hey, before I was a uh, the preacher, I had a... Uh, we used to catch a bunch of cows for, for folks and uh, if they couldn't catch them, and, and you know how that is. Oh, yeah. And, and it can get kind of wild and woolly. And uh, so Saturday evening, the Saturday, that one Saturday evening, I get a phone call about 9 o'clock. And a man says, look, I got, I got all my cows off but two calves. And they said, if, I'm, if I don't have them off by noon tomorrow, then, then I'm going to lose the calves because they're going to move cows in Sunday afternoon. And I said, uh, I said, all right, what you want me to do? He said, I want you all to come catch them. And so I called a friend of mine that I caught cows with, and I told him, I said, uh, we got to be early. You know, we got to start early because I'm going to try to make it to church. Well, when I hung up with him, my wife said, you know, never be at church. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to make it to church. And uh, she said, uh, there's no way you're going to catch two calves south of Sardis, Mississippi, and be back at church in time for church at 1030. I said, I'm going to be there. So it was kind of a wager, you know, deal. And, and I, I don't like to lose, even if it's something as small as guaranteeing my wife I'll be at church, you know. And, and so the competitor in me t- called the boy back, and he, I said, 7 o'clock, be sitting there. I got to be at church at 1030, you know. So anyway, we take off. Well, we get the first cow rope and pulled on the trailer quickly. and uh, But in the process of that, I had to go through a pine thicket and – you know, you ducking down and, and pine limbs hitting you and cones oh, yeah. and all that. So anyway, we got that one caught. Well, it was two them two yearlings. They they split. Well, it took us about an hour and a half to even locate the cave again. Well, we finally got it lined out. It took forever, and and finally got him in the middle of the field and got him rope and got him on the trailer. Well, I looked down and it's ten after ten, and I'm chunking the horse on the trailer and. And <clears throat> shutting gates, and a man's trying to pay me. I said, "Look, I'll get the check later. I got to go to church, man." And he, uh, I told him, I said, "When I bring you the calves, you can pay me. We'll be slicked up. Whatever, pay him. I don't care. But right, I, got I got to, to go. be at church." So I pull up with two calves and a horse, and I park in the driveway of the church, and I go running in at ten thirty. I sat down by my wife. Well. A good friend of mine was sitting beside me, and I, I listened to the music and the preacher, and my wife's just sitting there shaking her head because I'm dirty. <laughs> I'm talking about nasty. I'm dirty. And so anyway, about 20 minutes into a 30-minute message, my something in my back started itching, like in my shirt. And so I'm sit, sitting there, and I kept moving around and fidgeting. My wife's looking at me like, what are you doing? 
And finally, it worked its way down enough between my T-shirt and my shirt. It was a piece of a pine limb about like that. And if you've ever felt one, it was scratching me. So when I pulled my shirt out so it quit scratching me, it fell on one of my best buddy's feet. (laughs) Well, he and his wife got tickled. And I turned around and he said, where have you been? I said, catching cows. And he said, well, that's about right for a cowboy church, ain't it? So, but that's how it is, you know. And I have so many guys, and this is what I told them. I spoke at First Baptist Jackson, Mississippi. It's a huge church down there. And uh, I, I spoke to a men's group, and it's that kind of thing that that I love about the cowboy church and the laid-backness of come as you are because I will have guys that get down out of the deer stand come to church, and they're there at 10, 15, and 12, 15, they're back on a deer stand. They'll be in full camouflage. Y'all hadn't had one come with makeup on yet. But, you know, they come in, and they sit with their family, and they worship the Lord, and they know they can come in with that camo on, whatever they want, and, and you know, well, still serve, be the servant. And your, your story right there, it reminded me of the message you preached a couple of weeks ago on – Talking about, you know, being making sure where are your priorities on being at church. Sure. And especially, you know, teaching our, these younger kids on what are you prioritizing in life. Yep. Come Sunday morning, where are you going to be? Yep. And especially in our world, stuff always comes up, you know, in the farming and ranching world. We, we've always got excuses of why we can't be there. But is it really an excuse? Yep. Is it... Uh, just like you said, you were going to be there at 1030. Yeah. Uh, you may be <laughs> filthy dirty, but you're, you, you were going to be there. Yeah. And, and it's, it's put, putting our, that as a priority over a lot of other things. Even if you're putting, putting the pause button on those other things so I can be there and then get back to it. And, and like you said, you understand when, you know, I, I use the example of having to pull a calf or something that something like that, you understand it comes up you got to go take care of it right then sure and it sure. and something might prevent you from being there but that's different than saying oh we're gonna gonna have lazy morning today yeah that's right but and that's uh you know so many things and and when you, what you're talking about is is you wouldn't put most people wouldn't put work on hold monday through friday for something simple a calf hung up that we got to pull. Yeah, yep. yeah, we're gonna call in. So hey, we'll be there when there. So if you if you wouldn't put work on hold, why would you put church on hold? Right. You know. And and I have people. You know, they they quick to throw up. Well, I don't have to be in church to to know Christ or to you know be a Christian. Right. No, you don't. But as I, you probably have heard me say, you don't have to go home every night to be married, but it really helps really the marriage, helps. you know. <laughs> so when you look at that way, um, you know, the more we're around our, our church family, our, the, the, the body of Christ, the more that is going to become a priority. That's going to be, no, we can't. I'm going to deer hunt all day Sunday except for that hour and a half. Right. You know, I'll be out. Um uh, you know, and and there is Sundays, man. We we uh, everybody wants to know a lot of times what's 
why aren't we a little light this Sunday? Maybe we're at 155 instead of 195, you know? And, uh, well, you know, we, we caught like uh, Thursday morning, I'll leave for College Rodeo in Mar uh, Magnolia, Arkansas. And uh, some other families will be there too. Well, some of them won't make it back. Now we're gonna, if, if Kendall makes a short go, we're gonna be loaded, and when she makes a short go and gets done, we chunking on the trailer because I gotta be in the pulpit at ten thirty, you know. Right. So I got a five and a half hour ride back to get in the bed. Um, but there's a lot of families in, in our church because of our lifestyle, which you know, the rodeos are on the weekends, Thursday, yep. Friday, Saturday night. Uh, ropings are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and and there are all these things that our lifestyle takes us out of church sometime but what's so cool with that and the cowboy church is you know at a lot of these events on sunday morning they'll somebody will be there to preach the word of god yep and it might not be very long but you know we used to not see that back in the day boy sunday morning was just another day and and as this cowboy church movement came along we started seeing more of that in our arena events at the actual events uh, on Sunday morning. They might preach a word at 8 o'clock, you know, but but they're going to preach a word before they start the day. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful for these families that do compete every weekend to see. Well, and, you know. And the deal is, you, you know, the, if there's something Sunday, middle of the day, load your horses up on the trailer. Come to church, yeah. and they, they, they can sit there on the trailer while, while we, they while you we, go to church and then horses, head out from there. We had horses on the tra on somebody's trailer. I think it's Ricky Hester's Sunday, yeah. you know, and then, what, two weeks ago, we had a fun day. Right. There was a lot of people right. who brought horses to church, and we were going to another arena since we don't have ours yet. Right. Right around the corner. Well, it was horses tied out, horses in, which at the old sale barn, we still got pins, you know. Right. Some pins there, so you just chunk your horses out there and, Load them back up after church, you know. That's it. It make you get out of bed and get there a little early. Uh, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, well, let, I want to talk about this. You know, the I think one of the great things about just cowboy church and the the correlation between Christian values and cowboy ethics. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the you talk about the cowboy code and so many things that are unwritten but understood. So many of those values within our culture align so closely with Christian values. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, let's talk about, you know, our sport of rodeo. What other professional sport are they, uh, I don't, I mean, as far as I understand, I don't know of any other professional sport that they have a prayer before they get started. Yeah, I think, I, and I don't do a whole lot, I'm like you, I don't do a whole lot of sports except rodeo world anymore. Right. But from what I see and hear, the rodeo's the only thing left that, that starts with a American flag and, and, and those things um, about our country plus a prayer over the event, right. over our country, and over our military. And, you know, what I love is some of these bigger venues where, like, a rodeo takes place. Like, look up the road here at, like, the, the FedEx Forum or somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. It takes, uh, you know, like the PBR coming to town to probably have Christ's name spoken over those speakers. You bet. You bet. You, you know, when, when was the last time before that that Christ's name was spoken over those speakers? It wasn't at a Grizzlies game. That's right. 
it takes a bunch of cowboys coming to town to. Yeah, and you know, uh, and I'm I'm 53. How old are you, JB? 32. 32. Well, back when when I was young and growing up, the cowboys were rough, tough. You know, as far as a rodeo event. Oh yeah. And uh, <clears throat> go go back even longer than that. Look back, you know, the trail drive days. There were some rough customers. Oh yeah, yeah, and and the rodeo boys were behind the shoots doing things, and, and that they that we all did, but we shouldn't have been doing. Right. And and now, I'm not saying there's not still some of that that goes on in the rodeo world, but you see so many kneeling and praying. Absolutely. They get in a group back there and they kneel and they pray, and this is what these bull riders and these these rough stock guys are doing behind the shoot where they used to be doing all this other stuff. I see it all the time. Now they're gathering up and praying and, and uh, they've even got some of those older guys leading them. And then the next thing you know, you, one of those younger guys steps up and says, Hey, I'll lead the prayer. Well, this is before the announcer does his prayer that he's playing. And, and I think, you know, that is from um, the last 20 years is when we've seen this, and and if you remember the Cowboys for Christ movement, um, uh, the uh, we, we were talking about them the other day. Used to there was a sticker and it said it had Bud Light. It was red, white, and blue, yeah. and and somebody made one said Jesus saves, and it looked the same, but when you looked at the hat, it said Jesus saves. Well, it opened up a conversation, right? And and whoever somewhere in that twenty to twenty five year range. At about the time you started seeing the first cowboy churches out west, uh, we've been a cowboy church for about 14, 15 years now. And uh, um, and and been through this rebuild for the last five. So that'll just show you, you know, we've been doing this, but I've seen the cowboy church movement for the last 15 to 20, and I think that's where a big part of this comes from behind the shoot. Some cowboys said, you know what, I love Christ and I'm fixing to share it with everybody I know just like we should. And and it's trickling over until you see things like at the NFR last year, um, the, the, the major deals they did before the rodeo started. Some of those were fantastic. Oh my gosh, they were man. Fantastic. It was just tears coming down your face just at what this cowboy culture standing up for right and uh, I, I remember many many years ago and and i was probably standing there with a drink in my hand when i said it but we were at my roping pen and and you know it was just a big party back in the early days at the at the roping pen and they were talking about what was going to save this country from where we were headed well you know in the last 15 16 years we've gone way further than what we were then as far as the country going downhill. And, and I remember looking at them guys and a good many younger ones there, and, and I said, uh, the uh, the only thing going to save this country is Christian cowboys. And one of them looked at me and said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I don't mean it from a cowboy standpoint. You can ride a bronc. I go back to people like my dad. Right. You know, that, that stood up for that code of ethics. And, and, and I wish I had brought that with me. Right. That 10 cowboy code of ethics. Because you said that. Because I preached my first message right. on the code of ethics of a cowboy is the same as a Christian. And you can take that. And, it, you know, it's, it's just like 
standing on a handshake. You know, we remember a handshake was word. That that that's gospel to to us when we if, were growing if you, if up. If you and I shake hands, we ain't got to have a piece of exactly. paper that says anything. I ain't got to have a contract. That is the contract, and that's how a Christian should be. You know, it shouldn't have to be a written piece of paper saying, yeah, I'm going to do this. Uh, yes, Jesus, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do that. You tell him you're going to do it, you need to do it. And, right. and so I believe that that code of, of ethics is these cowboys and at heart that, that stand by what they believe in and the Christians that get on the same page together, that maybe that person's one and the same, that's what's going to save this country. Well, we all know this, as Scripture tells us, we're going to a better place if we are that Christian right. that stands up for Christ and, and believes in Christ. And the only thing going to save this world is Jesus Christ himself, you know. Uh, now, we can make the world a better place. Yep. By being that Christian cowboy that that stands up and and does what we say we're gonna do and we shake hands and and be right, you know. But uh, this uh, if this place was gonna be perfect, why would we work so hard to get to heaven? Right. You know. Yeah. So that's uh, you know I'm I'm hoping for some sure enough bro courses when I get up there. I ain't got a buck no more. Out, that's it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway. Uh. Well, what are, what are some of the plans with the church going forward from here? What, have y'all got anything? We are. I tell you, it's um, when you, and, and I can go, we talked about this the other day, yeah. we can go for hours. Man, oh, you for sure. Forever, I mean, but, but one thing that that is really neat when you start looking at the body of Christ, and a lot of people don't understand the body of Christ, but it, it really explains it well. Um not everybody can be a preacher. Not everybody needs to be a preacher. And uh, not everybody can be a Sunday school teacher. And so when the body of Christ is explained in a biblical sense, you know, you got to have a finger. And a finger can't do what a pinky toe can do. So everybody has their job in the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is not just Bright Lane Cowboy Church. It goes way bigger than this. And I'm going to get to the arena in just a minute with this deal. Yeah. But... We have so many churches that the Lord has blessed us with as mentors, as teammates, as just whatever you want to call them across the country. And we are, we are in the process of getting ready to build our own arena at the church. Well, through that, we have already had buck and shoots donated. That's fantastic. Arena drag donated. We're in the process, I'm going to look at them this week, of looking at some panels to build our first arena with. We, we hope, and, and I see a vision of uh, the Lord showing me since the first day there that one day we'll have a covered arena on that place. As of right now, we're just going to build an arena. Yeah. And, uh, but when we start seeing the buck and shoots come in, it can cost a dime. <laughs> the drag didn't cost a dime. The panels are coming, and, and they're going to be, you know, it's just the Lord is blessing us with all of this material. We are praying and, and looking toward end of spring, having an arena, our first arena event is my goal uh, by 1st of June. Um, so 
a lot to do between now and then because we we're still working on the building. Uh, you know, we've still got offices to build. We've still got those things, but our arena is our main outreach. Uh, we've been doing outreaches of all kinds, but but that's, it's like you talked about. Early on, with just the the initial goal of the Cowboy Church is to reach these folks, yep. and having these these events, guys like, hey man, let's load up our horses and go over there, and and then that's how you, that's how you draw them in is you, you bet, you know, you, you, and and in every event we're going to preach the gospel absolutely at some point absolutely it might be a fifteen minute devotion right I have uh, I've been there I, I preached on a trailer. Um, in the middle of an arena yeah. one day and, and watch two people come to know Christ. I've been at, at, uh, at different arena events with other Cowboy Church pastor friends of mine and watch rough, old, tough cowboys sweating, middle of June, just nasty, dirty. And when they did the altar call at the end, them old boys come right on down and one of them was leading his horse, you know, uh, because he had his horse in the arena with him and he comes down and and uh, and he accepts Christ right there, and that's the goal, man. That's that's why we do what we do. That's the that's the reason for our our arena is yeah to have fun in the cowboy in, but that's another place to to reach a, a soul for Christ. You know the the so many people get in engulfed with the building, and and in a sense, and you know it might be an ugly way to say it, but in a sense, so many churches through the years. Have have learned to worship a building, yeah. And you know the sacredness of Jesus Christ is in your heart. It's not in a wall, right? And so my Bible tells me it, it, it the the news of Christ and what Christ can do in your life is is to get outside that building and tell it. Yeah, I'm going to preach every Sunday, but I want to go out in the streets and tell it. I want to get. I want to be standing in that arena. I want to be standing back there with a. 15-year-old kid and showing him how to swing a rope and be able to share Christ through that rope. And and so that's the goal of the Cowboy Church. If you wanted to look at the ultimate goal, it's just to share Christ with everybody right. you can. You know, and uh, we don't want... Which to, should be the goal of every Christian. Exactly. But... <laughs> But, but but that ain't always right, is right. it? Look, I, I, I'm lying. Y'all might want to edit that. No. <laughs> so, but, but so many churches through the years, and i tell you a little story on this, that that Bible is full of good news, but they wanted to keep it right there. Yeah, they, they were blessed and they had plenty of money to do things, but they never did it. They, they hoarded, if you will, God's word, God's money, and all of that. And I left, a, I left up here on uh, Elvis Presley. I don't go to Memphis much, but I, let, I had to go get some parts one day. And instead of hitting interstate going home, I drove 51 all the way to Como. And I began to look when I crossed, I don't even know all these roads' names, but when I crossed over just, well, I was still in Memphis, so I hadn't reached the state line. And I began to look at the churches that were closed down. You know, there used to be a church on every corner in the state of Mississippi, seemed like, in, especially in town. And I watched the churches that were boarded up. The parking lots were covered in grass. You'd see a patch of gravel or, or pavement. And I watched that all the way to Como, Mississippi. And I thought, what happened there? Well, they, kept, they wanted to keep the good news in the building. Yeah. They wanted to, to, to brag on the $10,000 chandelier in the hallway. That ain't what it's about. 
It's about getting out and telling the news of Christ and saying, hey, he gave us $10. We're going to put $10 toward his word and sharing him. And and whether that's an outreach or or a a food basket for a family in Thanksgiving, you know, because the more we give, like Christ gave us, the more we will be blessed. And so that hoarding God's word is not in my vocabulary. No. So it's, uh, but it was really saddening to me to to watch that you know just to go down through there and just i guess the lord was just using that time to show me this is what can't happen yeah. you know or you'll put boards on the windows you know so no i mean sunday morning when everybody leaves that church i mean it should be you know flooding out of go those doors to go yeah absolutely <laughs> you know that, so. that's it and you know you talk about just all the stuff going on at the arena and just the the people that come to those events and the 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 comfort of feeling at home. I mean, you know as well as I do. You know, I'm most at home when I'm sitting on the back of a horse. Sure. So if I can hear the message while I'm sitting on the back of that horse, we have even like you said, a 15 minute message in the middle of an event. Yep. That it hits home with me. I mean, I know uh, some of my best moments I've had. You know, realizations in life, conversations with the Lord. I'm out in the middle of a pasture riding on a horse somewhere, and. Yeah. And that's uh, so. Yeah, you can you can reach a lot of people that way. Yep, yep. And and I agree. And a lot of people will say that's my closest place is on the back of a horse. And that's probably one of my closest places. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm 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 very firm that Christ is with me everywhere I go. Yep. But I think it's at that point, and <clears throat> back when I roped all the time, that's where I could get away. When I backed that, bo- that horse in the box, I didn't think about my welding business. I didn't think about the cow that might be calving, you know, half mile up the road. I was able to just shut the world out and, and get in tune with that horse and just relax for a change. And and not much has changed since then, except I threw Preacher in there as a job also. And, and But when I can get on that horse and I can get out there in nature, whether it be sitting on a deer stand or sitting in that, uh, on that uh, horse just riding across the pasture, I do get closer to Christ because it's at that point, I, don't, I might even leave the phone in the truck. And so the world's shut out where I can, I can get closer to Christ because that's where I hone in on him. You can hone in any, on him anywhere you want to. Right. But as humans, like we talked about earlier, it's hard to push that pause button and say, I'm going to I'm gonna pause this and we're going over here and we're going to do this, you yeah. know, and I'm going to get in God's word and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's hard for all of us, you know. Uh, a friend of mine told me when I said something about a bivocational preacher one time, uh, he said, throw that word out. That doesn't even work, you know. Yeah. So a lot of times, I'm, I mean, I've been welding so long, it's just second nature. It's kind of like being on that horse. When I drop that hood down, that's my world, you know. But many, many times, the the Lord will send me something right in the middle of, of working. And I, I have learned through the years, because I don't have much time, extra time, that I go get in the truck and I might get my Bible out or I might get my phone out and go to Scripture and start making notes. And that ends up being in the sermon on Sunday or the next Sunday and uh, 
but that that back of the horse, the the welding him, that's where you you are comfortable. Yeah, that's where your time is, and and just uh, I wish I could still ride a horse every day, you know, like we used to, and uh, when we were working, but off of them. But uh, you know, the Lord sent me four children, and it uh, it don't always work that way. Right, does. <laughs> it, does, it does not. So what did uh. What was the line in Monty Walsh where he goes, not everybody gets to be a cowboy forever, Monty. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, well, man, I, like you said, you and I could certainly just sit here and talk for hours. Sure. Uh, and, uh, but let's uh, t- tell people exactly where, where the church is. So, you know, somebody coming down, want, where, where the church is and where they can find out more information when the sermons are and everything. They're um, – the address is 7277 Como, Mississippi, which Como is about 40 minutes south of Memphis on 55. You go due west. Um, Facebook page. Uh, we're working on a, Kristen is working on a website right now that is is really, really, um, and she's doing the deal on that thing, you yeah. know. So it's going to be where you can pull up. Uh, and, and you can go to it now, I believe, but you can pull up Bryant Lane Cowboy Church on, on the Internet. It'll send you to that, that website, and uh, there's there's messages on there that, that we've preached. Uh, there's pictures and videos of events, I believe. And, um, you know, it, I think even if you pull up the Facebook page, you can go from there to the Internet. I'm not a, I'm not a, a computer Whiz, so you know they they really have to point me in the right oh, yeah. direction of yeah. that. But um, just look us up on that Facebook or, or YouTube. You can go to YouTube and look up Bryant Lane Cowboy Church, and and there's messages on there of the last few years. Um, so it's a that's really cool about the the internet now is is how you can find right. You know, yeah. uh, and our address should be on anything, and my my phone number's on way more than I want it to be and, <laughs> no. uh, but just west of Como man well, hey, look for the three silos and the red roof well, de- definitely anybody looking for a, a, a church home and somewhere to feel comfortable and, and hear God's message it's a it's a pretty good place to be well thank you we're glad to have you and Sloan pretty great well, so. we enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> well Woody thank, thanks for coming on man I, I certainly enjoyed our conversation